Warning. This, 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 this is the Rich Logist Show. The content you are about to hear has been deemed dangerous and inappropriate to Democrats and Tessio Republicans. Listener discretion is advised. And now, your host and equal opportunity offender, Rich Logis. Welcome to the Rich Logis Show. I am your host, Rich Logis. I hope everybody out there is doing great on this Friday, the 13th. It's almost as if it were meant to be so apropos that we have Friday the 13th after that... that I call it a freak show. You may have another adjective or term you want to use for last night. And I've been saying, you know, I've been telling you guys, I've been coming to you week in and week out, where I promised you months ago we were going to give you 2020 commentary and analysis, just like overall commentary and analysis. We hope you're not getting from anyone or anywhere else. It's our promise to you. We hope we're keeping that promise to you guys, your great and loyal, devoted audience, four-dimensional commentary and analysis. It's always something going on in the background. What you see is the third dimension, and there's always that fourth dimension. We want to bring it into the forefront show everybody what's really happening. If you haven't heard, if you didn't hear our segment from this week, you guys got to get to the com. Had had we got a brand new article for you which we talked about in our segment, Pete Buttigieg, dumbest ever smart person. I really think he may be the dumbest ever smart person. And we talked about that in that segment on Monday at the com. We'll include that article, brand new article. Thank you to American Thinker. Have it for you tonight. I also talked about I called it Mousey Bernie Sanders at that CNN climate change town hall freak show that occurred. A lot of freak shows of the Democrats that occurred a few weeks ago. Sanders was up there talking about using abortion as as a method for population control. And that's exactly that, that's exactly what Mao Zedong did in communist China during the Great Leap Forward for four years, where you had tens and tens and tens of millions of people in China who died from abortion and forced labor and famine and 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 political death and violence. So th- this is these are your Democrats, ladies and gentlemen. And before we get into our first segment today uh, about some of the recent job numbers, and the president spoke, if you saw this week at a at a, at a black uh, historically black colleges conference, we're going to talk about that for our first segment. I I, I got to just freewheel with you for a minute, if you, if I may, if you'll indulge me for a moment here. I just got to, I'm going to do a little bit of hot mic, but don't worry, no curse words. We like to keep our propaganda, as I like to say here at the Ritz Logis Show, PG-13. So, you know, I said in the Pete Buttigieg segment on Monday, and it's in the article, we'll have it for you tonight on our newsletter. Make sure you check that out. One of our best articles got hundreds and hundreds of comments and feedback from you guys. Thank you. I, I said in the in the article and on the segment that you know, Pete Buttigieg is like, back in literature, years and years and years ago, you had Dr. Faustus, and it was this character by the playwright Christopher Marlowe, who had this character, Faustus, who sells his soul to the devil to gain the powers of a deity. And then you have that movie on the waterfront, old movie, classic film, Marlon Brando, pre, pre-Godfather Marlon Brando, where he plays a boxer, Terry Malloy, and there's a famous scene where he says, I could have been somebody, I could have been a contender, but instead I'm just a bum. And I, I was talking about Buttigieg, this dumbest ever smart person, how he's he's this hybrid of Faustus and and Terry Malloy. But you know, I gotta I gotta say something about that. I hope I'm not contradicting myself here, because in using that comparison after watching last night, I gotta tell you guys, you know, I, these Democrats up there are 
they're so, they're so god awful that I don't I don't think the devil himself would actually buy their souls. I, I really believe that. I don't think the devil himself would buy their souls. There's this related but unrelated. There's this photo circulating from Hillary Clinton where she's in, I believe it was Europe, and she's got, she says, oh, I found my emails at the house GOPdos, and she's got this shrewish, smug look on her face, and she does, and I said to people, the reason she thinks that way is because she has zero, she, she's so shrewish and smug publicly in her behavior, she doesn't actually fear any consequences. She operates with zero fear of any kind of impunity or consequences, and, and imagine a person like that as president. Imagine a person who has literally zero fear of impunity or consequence as president. So I, I don't. I I look at these these Democrats. They're they're so god awful. I really don't think the devil himself would buy their souls. And and when you listen to well, look when you listen to politicians, look politicians they exaggerate, they 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 hyperventilate, they hyperbole hyperbolize. Is that a word? Is I just create an adverb from hyperbole? Hyperbolize. You know, and then they lie sometimes. And again, it's just a game. It's just the nature of the game. It's like Hyman Roth said to God, Michael Corleone in The Godfather Part Two. And by the way, we got a Tessio Republican brand new for you today. So don't worry. It's like where he says, this is the business we've chosen. And me and my wife are always talking about this. You know, she's always saying, oh, politics is such a BS business. And I tell her, I agree with you, honey. Honey, I agree with you. Make sure you husbands out there always say, yes, honey, I agree with you. Make sure you always... And I said, you're right. But all businesses got BS. It's just that with politics... Politics is BS is very public. And she came into the room last night when the so-called debate, I, I say it's a so-called debate because everybody's peddling the same occultist conspiracy theories, mids, lies up there. And she comes in and she sees Bobo, Robert O'Rourke, the Beto. She sees Bobo. My wife says, oh, he's still around? I said, yep, he's still around talking about taking your gun. Oh my God, Rich, it's a conspiracy theory that you think Democrats are coming for your guns. No, I must have imagined when he got on stage and said, we're coming for your guns. I must have imagined it. These are God-awful human beings, ladies and gentlemen. But as much as I say politicians lie and they fib and they exaggerate and they hyperbolize and all that good stuff, I got to tell you the lying, none of us, none of us, I don't care what age you are, I'm 42. I've been pretty political for a really long time. A lot of you out there, we love you. You've seen me more. You've seen more than I have. You've seen more than I have. I don't believe any of us can say with a straight face and honestly that we've ever seen lying like we see with these Democrats. I, I just don't think we have. The, the, the sheer nonchalance of it, the, none of them, none of them believe any of the bull coming out of their mouths. When they get in front of those, when they get in front of the, the American people. And you know something you hear about identity politics a lot? As I, sorry for the little hot mic rant there, because our first segment today, you know, you hear a lot about identity politics. And you know what, guys? We actually believe at, here at the Rich Logist Show, we actually believe in one form of identity politics. Oh, you do, Rich? You really? Yes. You know what that, you know what that brand of identity politics is? Nationalists. Nationalism. That's our identity politics. I absolutely love, I love the fact that the president, just like he did in 2016, just like he's been doing since he was inaugurated in 2017, just like he did last week, I'll play a clip in a moment. I absolutely love the fact that he goes in front of black Americans and he speaks to them, not just as blacks, not just as, 
as a dollar sign, not just as someone to get a vote from them, but he goes in in front of black Americans and he talks to them. He looks them in the eye and he treats them not as blacks, but as human beings, as Americans. That's the way he goes. I just love the fact that he does it. And you guys know I talk all the time on this show about the Democrats' destruction of our of our beautifully culturally rich historic cities all across the country. You can't if it were just one or two cities, it would not be an effective it would be a, it would be a mostly dishonest narrative. If it were just two cities and say, "Oh, but rich, it's only one or two cities out of thousands." Okay, they're bad, but you can't say that's true. See, if that were true, that would be that would be a really honest narrative for you guys. Because again, the Rich Walter Show is not about talk. All their usual talking points, I watch it day in and day out. Left-leaning media, right-leaning media. I see the same talking points time and time again. Our production team works really hard here to ensure, all of us, that the narratives we provide to you, yeah, there are narratives, sure, but they're fact-driven. They're fact-based. You can't look at... Cities across this country, everywhere, that have been run by Democrats with tens of thousands of consecutive days, and they all suffer the same ills. It's just varying degrees. It's just to varying degrees. You can't look at that and say it's a coincidence. I don't believe that there's anything, I don't believe anything in politics is coincidental anyway, but there's absolutely no compelling argument that I've ever heard. If you got one, let me hear it. I've never heard a compelling argument that everything that goes on in our Democrat cities that they're just coincidence. It's it, it's no it's impo- in my mind it's impossible. It isn't possible. No worry. I'm actually in, I'm talking to a statistician to help me try to figure out just how unlikely it is to be a coincidence. So I want to I want to base that narrative in numbers. So I'm working on it for you. So I love the fact the president goes into these places. He went in there. Did you guys see last week? The president spoke at the historically black colleges and universities conference. Went in. Had a had a had a conversation with him, right? Was speaking to him. Didn't go in. Didn't see him as a dollar sign. Didn't racially pander to anyone. And he rejected the Democrat segregation of us versus them identity politics. Now, look, I've said to you guys before, us versus them. That's the way the natural order works. Natural law is us versus them. The challenge as human beings is 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 trying to live as peacefully and harmoniously harmoniously as possible under the us versus them of identity politics. So that's what Democrats do. It's what they did last night at the Freak Show. It's what they're going to keep doing. It's what you're going to hear about day in and day out until we finally beat them next year on election day. He didn't go in and see the us versus them. The president went in and he said, look, and this is my words, okay? The president's sales pitch was identity politics with the only identity that matters, being an American nationalism. That's why I keep saying to you guys, I'm going to keep saying it again and again and again. We own the glass ceiling narrative, ladies and gentlemen. We own it. I understand that President Obama was the first black to get elected. I'm with you. I get it. But firsts don't, not all firsts are created equal. So yeah, I get it. Everyone to make history, you know, all out of the crap. I got with you. But if you want to think about the the most un- unlikely of event. See, to me, a glass ceiling event is like a black swan event. It's the unlikely occur. It's there was no logical reason, really, if you think about why we won in 2016. But that's why I keep telling you guys, we're the ones who broke the glass ceiling. Not Obama. Wasn't Hit Clinton. 
It was no one except we. So let me play this clip for you right here. Just a quick clip from the president speaking at this Black College and Universities conference last week. Take a listen. I know that each and every one of you shares the same commitment to improving our communities and building a future of limitless opportunity. For nearly two centuries, America's historically black colleges and universities have done exactly that. You've empowered millions of students to thrive in their careers, start a business, own a home, and raise proud, strong, and loving families. That is your magnificent legacy, and that is the mission we are determined to help you carry on. We're right by your side. So together with historically black colleges and universities, we will power this nation to new heights, heights like nobody would have imagined. Now, look, guys, I figured out something. I figured out something the president really sucks at. I figured it out what he's really, he's, he's god awful. He's terrible at it. You want to know what it is? You know what the president really sucks at? Racism. Yep, he sucks at racism. Let's see. Let's review, Rich. Let's review how, how the racist president has been doing economically. Did you notice, all of you out there who listened to the so-called debate last night, that with the exception of tariffs, which were discussed for a few minutes, not in three hours, not a singular question about the economy. Why do you think that is? Rich, I don't understand. Rich, what, why do they avoid? Why do they avoid? Why do they avoid the economic question? I mean, I mean, that's not an important issue, right? The economy, that's not an important issue at all, right? We gotta, you know, we need to talk about how the world's ending tomorrow. You know, and, and we're going to take your AR-15s. You know, again, did you hear it? Like I tell you all the time, take our children, take our money, take our freedoms. That's all you heard last night. Take our children, take our money, take our freedoms. They regurgitate the problems over and over again. I'm with you. I got you. Give me a solution. Give me an actual intelligent solution. Even if I don't agree, I'd say, well, okay, that's intelligently designed. That's okay. That, that took, that took more than six seconds to put together. I'll, I'll take a listen. No, all the solutions are take our children, take our money, take our freedoms. That's all you hear up there with these people. That's all they've ever been about. So that is the racist. So no question on the economy at all. Why wonder why? Well, let's, let's dig into the numbers and see how that racist Trump is actually really doing. Did you guys see the Washington Post? Yes, the Washington Post. The Washington Post has waved the white flag. On the debunked, it's now debunked, just like assault, like assault weapons, semi-automatic assault weapon, right? It's totally debunked. The Washington Post has even acknowledged that, and it is now waving the white flag on the on the on the debunked narrative that the economic gains we've seen since the end of 2016 are Obama's doing. Even the Washington Post. Even the the Obama economy was so great to run on in 2016. Hillary Clinton talked about it exactly zero times, exactly zero times. She talked about the so-called great Obama economy. So let's look at the actual numbers that the Washington Post studied. Yes, that D Mike Democrat media industrial complex colluder and conspirator. Hey, a broken clock is correct twice a day, ladies and gentlemen. So the Washington Post reported that when they looked at the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Since the end of 2016, over 5 million new jobs have been created. Five, over 5 million. Four and a half of them, four and a half million of the 5 million are from minorities. The majority of new hires between the ages of 25 and 54, which is your, which is your prime working age, are minorities. That has never happened before. Let me, re, let me, re, let me reiterate the point for you, okay? Because again, Trump sucks at race. 
the, the, Trump sucks at racism. I tell Mr. President, you suck at racism. Four, f- five million new jobs, four and a half million minorities since the end of 2016. Black unemployment has hit a record low. It hit a record low in August. You had uh, an increase in employment for black women, and the unemployment rate for black Americans fell from 6% in July to 5.5% in August. Those are numbers that surpassed the record that had been set in May of 2018. So, so it's record, and then a new record, and then it gets broken. So we just create a record, then we keep breaking the record. So right now, you've got black unemployment, 5.5%. In, in 2018, again, this is all coming from the Washington Post, right? And I'm sitting there going, wow, wow, even they're waving the white flag. U.S. median household income, highest level in nearly two decades. The median income for women, Hispanics, Asians, new highs, minorities. See, again, president doesn't go, he's not looking at you just because you're a woman, just because you're Asian, just because you're black, just because you're, you're Hispanic. No, you're, yes, you're an individual. You have a culture. You have a history. You've got a place in the country, but you're an American, damn it. Your identity politic is, is, is being an American. And we call out here on this side nationalism, the only political ideology that is comportable with our constitution, our free markets, our system of government, our constitutional liberties is nationalism. Between set between 2017 and 18, the median earnings of workers rose by 3.4%. And you have median family income rising to over 80,000. There's a lot of numbers here, right? And you can find that article. It's in the Washington Post. You can see it. They go through it all. These income gains are all in addition to the higher take-home pay that Americans have received thanks to the tax cuts. 5 million new jobs, 4.5 million are minorities. That rate is unprecedented. It's never been done. It's never happened that way. And I'll say it again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to say that there were zero gains with Obama. That's not true either. You know, there was some there were some economic gains. Sure. Of course, yeah, there were. Yeah. But I'll say this, never in American history have there been successive presidents as starkly contrasting as Obama and Trump. The fact that Democrat candidates get any votes at all is utterly shocking to me. It is, but it shouldn't be. I, I say that, but I'm saying it a little bit figuratively. I know why Democrats get their votes. I, there's a saying, Mark Twain, it's, it's attributed to Mark Twain, but it's unproven that it came from he, although it is something that he would say. But there's a saying, and I, I remember hearing it years ago, and I've been saying it a lot today. I've been saying it a lot today as, I, as I'm giving the, the post-game lowlights, as I call them, about the so-called debate last night. It is easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. It is easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. I don't think you can, that that's that right. That's a you want to take a singular statement that embodies what you're seeing right now at the Democratic Party. That's it. Trump does and is doing. This is what's so remarkable. Trump does and is doing what Obama could have done. See, what Trump did going into black colleges talking about, I'm not viewing you just because you're black, just because you're Hispanic. He's, Trump goes and looks him in the eye, looks him as a human being, looks at him as an American. Obama could have done that. Could, but again, it's like Buttigieg. Could have been someone. Could have been a contender. Obama could have done it. And, and it's, and when you look, and again, folks, like that's what so I think is so, is so, I'm so excited by this. I'm so excited that, you know, you're looking at, I know there are free agents. I know there are political free agents in, in, in black American segments across the country in the demographic. I know that there are. There have to be. You know, there's got to be. 
And that's and I say that because I don't assume that just because you're black that you should be voting Democrat, you know. And I don't. I'm not going to assume that about anybody. Look, I know there's a, there's a seg, there's a the majority of that segment that demographic. I understand they're going to vote Democrat. But even having said that, even having said that, the president still goes in front of them and speaks to them, looks them in the eye. Obama does. See, Obama and his wife, they don't believe any of the bull that comes out of their mouths about systemic racism and white man's burdened BS and all that other crap. I mean, Obama came, his upbringing, his political upbringing was in Chicago, a city run by Democrats for longer than slavery was legal in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. It's just like the segment I did for you guys recently, you can find it at the I know there are free agents in minority groups that have historically supported Democrats. We don't want you on the team just because of what your gender is or your race or your ethnicity or your religion or whether you're gay or straight. We don't care. We don't care about that. In fact, did you, you know, it's funny. Last night, if you heard, if you heard Buttigieg, he talked about how he was elected in his socially conservative area of South Bend. Now, look, I, I don't really know what the, I know that South Bend's been run by Democrats for thousands and thousands and thousands of consecutive days, which is why there are problems with the police in the community, which is why the property and violent crime rates are higher in South Bend than they are in the rest of Indiana or the country. So that I know. But I don't really know if it's socially conservative or not. Maybe there's areas that aren't. Buttigieg last night said, yeah, I was elected in a socially conservative area. Well, if that's true, Pete, you know why? Because we don't care that you're gay, man. No, no, one, no, no normal thinking person cares. We don't want you on the team out there, ladies and gentlemen, because of any of these accidents, not your deform, but your race and your gender. It's an accident. You have no control or your, your religion, which is a lifestyle choice, right? And if you think gay is a lifestyle choice, fine. And if you think gay is, you, you know, you're born that way, then it means it's an accident. Okay. We don't care about any of it. We want you on the team because the more nationalists we got on our team, the stronger and more unified we are. Ladies and gentlemen, please let me close with this point. I don't know what it was about today. I, you know, I, I've never been in the military. I've said this before. Our, our, we got a production team who has and, and lots of friends, family who have, and we thank them for their service. But I woke up today a little shell-shocked. In a figurative way, politically speaking, I woke up shell-shocked today from what I saw last night. And and it's not that I heard anything last night that I haven't heard from these people, but I don't know, something overnight, it, it, it's, it's like I feel like I got to up the ante a little bit on the attack because what you heard last night, imagine for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to, I want to leave you with this thought. Imagine that party last night that we saw. Imagine they had the presidency and a congressional majority. Think about this for a moment. Imagine they had a majority in the Senate, they had a majority in the House, and they had the presidency. The, the, before the, before the, the hand is even lifted off the Bible in the inaugural swearing in with Chief Justice Roberts, before the hands even off the Bible, the filibuster will be lifted in the Senate. The Democrats will push everything through that they want. They will never, ever stop. 2020 for the Democrats, ladies and gentlemen, is their revenge tour. Do not underestimate the power of angry revenge. This, this is what it is that we're up against. But I'm going to go a little Marianne Williamson on you for a moment who wasn't there last night, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go a little Marianne for you. She just said, oh my God, conservatives are so much nicer to me than Democrats are. Well, you want to know the way to combat it? I'm going to tell you what it is. Their hatred 
Do not underestimate that hatred, that impassioned zeal for defeating us and conquering us. But you know what will defeat that hate? Yes, love will defeat that hate, but love of country will defeat the hatred that those people have for all that is good and just in our nation. You're listening to The Ritz Logis Show. We'll be right back. Here is this week's American Hero. Welcome back to The Ritz Logis Show, guys. You know, we do this American Hero segment every episode because there are so many around us to say that America was never a great nation. We want to do something a little different for you today. We believe that as a bunch of BS. There are heroes all around and we want to do a special edition for you today regarding the, uh, the the memorial and the anniversary of the September 11, 2001 attacks. As we remembered those attacks this week, the deadliest act of terrorism ever on our soil, I'm certain most of us who lived through that day, wherever we were in America, we relived all the emotions we felt that day all over again earlier this week as we remembered that day and while it's understandable to feel saddened and angry, for today's special edition American Hero segment, we want to honor all those who died and their loved ones. There were 343 firefighters, 72 law enforcement officers, 55 military personnel, 2,135 American civilians, and 372 non-citizens who died that day. We also want to honor the 1,400 rescue workers who have since died due to exposure to toxins at Ground Zero. And we remember the 11 unborn babies who died that day on September 11th, 2001. In this week's American Hero segment, the Ritz Logis Show promises to never forget. 9-11 was not something some people did. It was an act of war. It was a day, however, that must never be forgotten or minimized, and it was also a day when the very best of America's strength, spirit, and heroism were on display for the entire world to see. This week's Tessio Republican. Welcome back to the Ritz Logis Show, guys, and uh, thank you for thank you for uh, for having having us do that that special edition today, American Hero segment. Typically, you know, we will will feature a hero or a heroine, uh, maybe someone in the news or maybe someone 
who who performed an act of heroism, but didn't get didn't get some of the, the fanfare. But with with everything that happened this week, uh, we felt it necessary to to honor and recognize all those who died on nine eleven, all their survivors, all the family members, all those who volunteered. I know personally, people volunteered at nine eleven, and I heard some of the stories, and I've I've tended to not really share those stories because they were. They were. It was just understood. It was an unspoken agreement that they were. They were said in confidence, and a lot of what I heard just it's. It, it's not even something you'd see in a movie. I feel like it's even worse and more unbelievable, unimaginable than you'd see in a film. So we we honor all those from this past week on this anniversary of the 18th anniversary of of those attacks on us on September 11, 2001. And I don't know, guys, look, if you didn't see it, don't worry. We're going to have it on our newsletter tonight. We've got a brand new Tessio Republican for you this week. Now, Rich, who, who who's our Tessio this week? And who's uh, I know you guys, I thank you for that. You know, you're always, so many great comments and feedback. Tessio, the Tessio Tuesday, Tessio Republican, part of the Rich Logis Show brand. I am, I am so humbled and happy that you guys out there really love these videos and love these Tessio segments. Because I say, we're an equal opportunity offending show. Look, whether you like what we say or don't like it or whether you agree or don't like it, if you're being honest and objective about the Rich Logis show, you, I, I think we do a pretty damn good job here of holding true to that promise of being an equal opportunity offender. I, I gotta, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think we do. Well, this week's Tessio Republican, first time Tessio, is Utah Senator Mike Lee. Now, you might be wondering, Rich, what did Senator Lee do to receive this esteem recognition as a Tessio Republican? This week here at the Rich Logis Show. You know what cracks me up about these guys like Mike Lee? Now, look, I know, like, the, oh, but Rich, you know, you're nitpicking and don't, don't you agree a lot of what he says? Yeah, sure, sure I do. But you know what really cracks me up about these guys like Mike Lee? I'll tell you what really does. You know, they don't, I, they must think in life. Sometimes, guys, look, Senator Lee, sometimes you, you gotta do just what you got to do. Sometimes that means you got to do something you don't want to do. And sometimes it means you don't do what you want to do. That's the grown-up world. You know, if, if life were a Disney movie, we wouldn't have to worry about that. But this is this odd, strange place we inhabit called the real world. And they think in life, you know, look, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And they live in, you know, they live in this, their own odd and bizarre Utopia. So what Mike Lee did, along with his fellow senator in Utah, the number one Tessio Republican in the country, Willard Romney. I refuse to call him Mitt. That's what his wife calls him. I call him Willard. It's funny because every time everyone who ever hears me say Will, they always say to me, Rich, you say you say Willard with such disdain. It's like you have disdain in your voice. And look, I, to say I hate is is harsh. I'd like to think I'm not. I know we're all capable of hate, but I, I don't. I don't take that approach. I don't tend to like to take that approach. So maybe hates a, a harsh word, but, but Willard, I just, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Willard, right? That's why he's a number one Tessio. So he and Willard, Mike Lee and Willard had this press release that they came out with this week, uh, where they, where they were, they were admonishing the president for redirecting and reallocating funds that the Supreme Court just upheld that, that the Supreme Court said, absolutely, the president's, National Emergency Declaration is constitutional, and the reallocation of funds from the Department of Defense to the border wall, totally constitutional. So, of course, Lee and Willard came out with this press release, and, and, they, and they wrote in here, I'll quote it for you. So here, here's, the, here's one of the quotes from Lee. Congress has been ceding far too much power 
to the executive branch for decades, and it is far past time for Congress to restore the proper balance of power between the three branches. And what was the dollar amount, you may be wondering. So the entire amount that the president reallocated was $3.6 billion nationwide. So he took $3.6 billion out of, the, out of the Department of Defense budget, put it toward the wall. Now, $3.6 billion out, out, of this, out of the 600 plus depart, billion Department of Defense budget is one half of 1% of the DOD budget. So one half of 1% of the Department of Defense budget going to the wall for the national emergency. And in Utah, there was about $56 million that got reallocated out of Utah to go to the border wall, which is what Lee and Willard were all pissed off about. And the $56 million is one one-thousandth of 1% of the DOD budget. One one-thousandth of 1% of the DOD budget. So their little crusade was all over one one-thousandth of 1% of the DOD budget. So, Senator Lee, let me say to you what I say to all Tessio Republicans here at the Ritz-Logis Show. It's not personal. It's strictly business. But just like Sal Tessio with the Godfather, who intentionally betrayed the Corleone family, what you've done, Senator Lee, as I see it, is you've intentionally betrayed the America First family and nationalist voters. People who are moms, dads, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, Republicans, conservatives, disaffected, right-leaning independents the way I was, who went out, we went out, and we contributed to the most glass-ceiling, shattering electoral win in American history because we were tired of the usual wishy-washy Democrat-like Republicans who are neutral, and they don't want to fight, and they don't want to take a side, and all that other crap, and they run to the D-Mike Democrat media industrial complex where they can get their name in the press, and they can get their name in print, and they can have an interview on MSNBC and CNN. CNN. That's, the, that's not who we want, Senator Lee. And you're fighting this crusade over one one-thousandth of 1% of the budget. Look, Senator Lee, I get it. You don't like that the president can declare a national emergency without congressional approval. I'm with you. I got you. I'm with you. I know you don't like that. That's fine. But Senator, move on from it. Just move on from it, Mike. We all follow and adhere to some laws that we don't like sometimes. And like I say, you got to sometimes do what you got to do. Sometimes we do what we don't want to do, and sometimes we don't want to do what we want to do. And my question for Senator Lee is this. You had this nice, nice, beautifully written, eloquent press release to show your principles. I'm a print. I'm principled. I'm going to stand firm because I got the right to be right. I'm not, no, Rich, I won't adhere to it. I've got the right to be right. Senator, Congress has affirmed over a hundred times in the last many years, a president's authority to declare a national emergency. I get you don't like it. Okay, that's fine. That's your opinion. But I have a question for you, Senator Lee. I went and looked at your press release archives. I went on your social media. I went and did a bunch of internet searches. I searched far and wide, long and high, all over the place to see if you ever wrote a press release for any of the 10 of the 12 President Obama national emergencies that you were in office for. President Obama declared 12 national emergencies. Senator Lee, you were in office for 10 of those 12. Did you ever write a press release against President Obama? Did you ever, did you ever go and, 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 and say, I'm going to, I'm going to go be principled today. I'm going to go be a constitutionalist and I'm going to go write it. I didn't see it, Senator. 
So how come it is that you decided to build up the the temerity and the gumption to go and let us know what you think about redirecting these funds when in reality you know full damn well that the majority of people in the majority of states in the year 2016 contributed to the most glass ceiling shattering win in electoral history in large part and for some people it was their number one issue because we need a wall at our southern border we need it across all 2,000 miles in fact senator but no but no senator you had to be a tessio you had to go and be a Tessio. You had to go against us, just like Sal Tessio and the Godfather did. But instead, what you did is you showed us, you showed us that it's more important in your in your little world, your little utopia, it's more important to just have the right to be right than to do something that maybe you don't want to do. I get it. But say la vie, Senator, that's the way life works sometimes in this grown-up world. So, Senator. Let me say to you what I say to all the Tessio Republicans here at the Rich Loges Show. Don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Ever. And remember, guys, in The Godfather, Tessio may have been smarter than Clemenza, but Clemenza was always more loyal. And in politics, and in preserving our great nation, Senator, and in upholding all of the America First principles of nationalism, constitutional liberties, free markets, common sense, sovereignty, and the safety and security of the American people, remember this, loyalty always trumps smarts. You're listening to The Rich Loges Show. We'll be right back. com. Welcome back to The Rich Loges Show, guys. Woo, man, did you? Oh, man. I really hope we're bringing you the commentary and analysis. We promise you we're bringing week in and week out. We're keeping that, we're keeping that promise to you. If you guys haven't seen some of our and heard some of our recent episodes, guys got to get to the richlogeshow.com. I mentioned about our Pete Buttigieg, dumbest ever smart person, mousy Bernie Sanders. Uh, last week we had a, this one, this one got a, a lot of comments and feedback. We thank you for you guys. I was saying bipartisanship, the gateway drug to tyranny. And I was talking about Texas Republicans. I, I love you guys in Texas. I love you guys. But you Texas Republicans, you got to get off your asses and vote. I don't think you realize how close you might be to losing Texas to the Democrats. The Democrats are coming for you. I mean, they've got you in their in their sights. You gotta, guys got to make sure. Texas, you ain't red. I'm sorry to tell you, you're a purple state, but that's okay. It's just like in Florida where I am, we're a purple state as well. The way we go from purple to red is always with that Republican turnout. And just a quick preview, guys, for you, something I'm working on for, for Monday. So recently, we've had some, we've had some, some, uh, some pretty good Supreme, well, good, depends on what side you're on, right? But the, but the, 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 the correct side, the America first side, we've had the, we've had the border security. We had an asylum ruling that the Supreme Court came through for us. So I'm working on this little segment. I'm going to come to you out. I think, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be on Monday. There's an, there are a number of cases in the Trump era where even the judicial activists on the court right now we have four judicial activists you have you have uh, in order of tenure you have justice ginsburg justice Breyer, justice sotomayor justice kagan those are your four activists even a couple of them though even they have come to realize that some of the democrat litigation and some of the ideology is too tyrannical and wacky even for the activists so we're going to talk about 
some of that on Monday. So make sure you you tune in on that. Again, make sure you guys check out our newsletter tonight. We're going to have our new Pete Buttigieg article that'll be out. Dumbest ever smart person. We'll have our Mike Lee Tessio Tuesday, Tessio Republican for you. And if you're not subscribed, please make sure you get to therichlogistshow.com. All of our content, podcasts, articles, everything we got, our social media is all there for you. Until next time on this Friday the 13th. You know, when I was a kid growing up, remember the Friday 13th music? <laughs> that was the Friday 13th. But I was, I love horror films growing up. I guess it's like I said in the beginning, it's appropriate that the day after that so-called Democrat debate freak show, we got Friday the 13th today. So be safe out there, everybody. Until next time, you are listening to The Rich Logis Show. I am your host, Rich Logis. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Talk to you soon. You have been listening to The Rich Logis Show, deemed dangerous and inappropriate to Democrats and Tessio Republicans. To continue the conversation, connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Logis. Make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. 